Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends, as this video is brought to you by DrRoto.com. What is up and welcome in to the Jock Before Lock podcast, the newest addition to the Dr. Roto podcast network. And as the name would allude to, we are going to spend a little bit of time here intended to be a pretty quick hit piece on the jock market for the main slate here this Sunday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, everyone. And being that this is the first episode of our show, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about jock market to lead us off. Jock Market is the newest way to play fantasy sports. It essentially takes the fantasy players that you love and converts them into assets in a live trading market. So you can buy and sell players in real time during the middle of a game, take long and short positions, and once the slate has wrapped up, they will pay out in real dollars based on their fantasy performance in that given week. So it's a ton of fun. I've been playing with it a lot over the last month or so. And the thing I like most is there is a real edge to be had for savvy players and players that have access to a strong set of projections like the ones we have at drrotor.com. So definitely head over there and check it out. It's jockmkt.com. And for anyone that signs up with the promo code DOC, D-O-C, you will get a 100% deposit match up to $50. So love finding free money out there. And Jock Market itself is a ton of fun. So again, jockmarket.com, promo code DOC, and get yourself some free money. And with that, we will dive into this week eight slate. You know, here on uh, here on Halloween, it's it is a bit spooky season. There there aren't a ton of amazing matchups and different players that pop on the projections, but there are a few spots that I want to take advantage of. None more so than Jer Burrow, the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Right now, he's projected to finish tenth in terms of the jock market projection, but looking over at DrRoto.com's projection. Actually, he's going to be closer to 6th or 7th with even higher upside. And the thing that I like most about this play is really more about the trajectory of Joe Burrow's season so far. Coming back from that ACL injury the first few weeks of the year, they were very slow to ease him back into action. We saw much more Joe Mixon, uh, much more of a ball control, kind of ground and pound offense. But over these last three weeks, we've seen Joe Burrow's attempts walk up week over week over week. Let's not forget that as a rookie, there were weeks where we saw him routinely attempting 45, 48, 50 passes in a game. And I think that we'll continue to see that progression walk forward and Jer Burrow stay very, very active in this game against the Jets. Now, there is some concern around whether or not Joe Burrow will, will need to throw the ball against the, the lowly Jets opponent, right? All you need to do is look back to last week and see Mac Jones looking like an all-star uh, coming up against uh, th those Jets in week number seven to realize that ultimately the lead that this, the Bengals will stack up on this Jets team will be a product of the passing game by way of Jerboro, right? Mac Jones last week threw for over 300 yards. Let's project a similar throwing uh, passing total for Joe Burrow, but given the dearth of weapons he has at his disposal, everyone knows what Jamar Chase is doing. T. Higgins is being underrated, but is still very much so an incredible athlete running alongside Joe Burrow and running alongside Jamar Chase. And then they they still have Tyler Boyd out of the slot. So if we have a similar projection in terms of total yardage for Burrow, many more of those uh, passes have the likelihood to convert into touchdowns 
And I think that gives him the upside to be one of the top five players on the slate and gives really, really awesome returns. So looking at Joe Burrow, I'm actually going to take a bit more of an aggressive line in the pre-IPO window. I'm going to max my bid out around nine and a half dollars, nine fifty-five. So get in there, get some shares. This is the blue chip stock, given that he's a quarterback, ultimately has a relatively safe floor, but also brings the upside to bring a, a pretty significant return. Moving on to more of the mid-cap kind of players. There's one game in particular I want to target, and there's two players that really jump off the page for me there. The first is James Robinson, the running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, right now, he's projected to finish right around 50th, 52nd in terms of his scoring projection. But I'm actually willing to take a bit more of an aggressive line. I've got a max bid a little bit more than $5, $5.15. And the reason why is over the most recent games, over these last three weeks, James Robinson has really stepped back into the bell cow role that made him a fantasy superstar in 2020. Uh, specifically over the last three weeks, he's he's got 77% of the opportunity share for running backs in that Jacksonville offense. Not only is he carrying the ball, but he's catching the ball out of the backfield again. And specifically in the last two weeks or two out of the last three weeks, I should say, he's got 90% of snaps. So this is very much so the James Robinson show in Jacksonville. And in a game where they're going to want to control the clock, control the ball, try to keep things uh, as low scoring and as tight as possible. That is going to lead to a ton of volume for James Robinson. And he's still one of the more active players in the goal line and in the red zone. So I definitely think he brings the the touchdown upside that can really make him pop. But if nothing else, he has that volume floor to where if you're invested heavily in him, you can expect a pretty safe return. And if he pops, you'll be very happy to have him in your portfolio. The other player that I want to talk about is on the other side of the ball, and that is DK Metcalf, the wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. This is another player that I'm taking about a $5 line on in terms of the IPO bid, maybe a bit more, 515, 520, if you want to take a little bit more of an aggressive line. But really, this is a, a, a consideration where DK is somewhat of a victim of circumstance. Nobody feels great firing up a player who is reliant on Geno Smith at quarterback, but for all of his warts, one thing that Geno Smith does well is he throws a very nice deep ball. And we saw last week against the Saints, it only takes one for DK Metcalf to have a slate-breaking performance, right? Caught one ball for 84 yards and a touchdown early in that game and eventually ended the day with only another catch. Um, so ultimately, I do think that DK Metcalf is in a position where Anytime he gets the ball in his hand, he has not only the speed, but the physicality to break it to the house. And very much so in the few weeks that we've seen Geno Smith under center, DK Metcalf looks like his primary target. So they they definitely established a quick rapport. If I was thrown into a quarterback a game for the Seahawks, I would also be looking for DK Metcalf a lot. But also on the matchup side, DK Metcalf has the third most favorable matchup in terms of wider, uh, wide receiver versus cornerback. He's squaring up against ne uh, Nevin Lawson. He's allowing uh, a catch on 67% of targets and uh, better than half a fantasy point per route run. Not per target, not per reception, per route run. So every time that DK Metcalf is running a route in Lawson's coverage, he's essentially accumulating half a point. He's going to run a lot of routes. He is going to be the primary target for the Seattle passing game. And I love firing up DK Metcalf. Again, a little bit better than a $5 IPO price is what I'm looking at. 
Shifting gears to the penny stocks, once again, I'm actually looking at players from the same game. And oddly enough, I'm actually looking at the Texans and the Rams matchup. So for those that were asleep last week, some reason might have missed that Mark Ingram was traded from the Texans back to the New Orleans Saints. And that really opens up the door for a ton of workload for the remaining backs there in that Texans running back room. And looking over the last three weeks, you take a look at David Johnson, you take a look at Philip Lindsay. David Johnson's opportunity share, his involvement in the passing game, has been increasing week over week, whereas it is the opposite for, for Philip Lindsay. So while it's never going to feel great to fire up any of the offensive pieces uh, associated with this Texans team, I do think that it was a vote of confidence in David Johnson that ultimately led this front office to moving on from Mark Ingram. And what Mark Ingram leaves behind are very valuable touches. He was 10th in the league in terms of red zone touches. He had 100% of the Texans carries inside of the 10 the yard line. So those are those high upside opportunity touches that have the most likelihood to convert to scoring plays. And based on the way that the Texans had been using both Johnson and Lindsay in the weeks prior, I think Johnson figures to slot right into those high value touches and it makes him an awesome value all the way down in the single digit prices. I'm a, I'm willing to take more of an aggressive line. I'm actually going to put in a max IPO bid at about $2.85. I do think that public sentiment around these Texans is going to drive down that price eventually, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised to see it end up striking around $2, maybe even less. And if so, you've got exposure to a player that is going to be the lead back in Houston, have legitimate scoring upside and have a role as a pass catcher out of the backfield in a game where the Texans figure to be behind. I absolutely love this play. And the last player I want to talk about again here in this penny stock area is running alongside, or I should say opposite of David Johnson. And that is Tyler Higby, the tight end for the Rams. I'm actually looking at a pretty similar max bid price, $2 and 75 cents. And really this one is a matchup consideration. The Texans have been, the uh, absolute God's gift to tight end week in and week out. We saw Zach Ertz in his first game in Arizona catch a long one and convert it for a score. Somehow Zach Ertz was able to pull away from the players in this Texan secondary, which really tells you all that you need to know about their capability in terms of uh, catching up to a, a breaking runner and coverage for the tight ends. And that leaves them as the third most favorable matchup against the tight end in terms of fantasy points scored. And much like we were talking about with David Johnson, what I like most about Tyler Higby is his involvement when they're in scoring position. He's seventh in the league in red zone targets. He's got 12 targets. He's hauled in nine of them, and two of those have converted for touchdowns. So in a game where the Rams are figuring to be able to do whatever they please against the Texans, I do think that Tyler Higby has a very favorable matchup. And also, he's one of the sort of underrated pieces in this offense, right? Most people are going to be investing in Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Daryl Henderson. So I do think that ultimately drives his IPO price down. And so I'm very happy to take an aggressive line and try to accumulate as many shares as possible of Tyler Higby. And that will wrap up our week eight main slate review for Jock Market. Again, please take some time. Take a look at this, this tool. It's a really fun game. It's a really interesting angle on the fantasy game that we all know and love. And there is a legitimate edge. So if you're looking to get into the game to, to give these markets a try, 
head over to their website, jockmarketjackmkt.com. Enter the promo code DOC. You'll get fifty. Uh, you'll get a one hundred percent dollar for dollar match up to fifty dollars. So love finding free money nine.